So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast. This is episode number 55. Your host Archie here with you as well as Toby joining me over Skype from the UK. He's headed back over. Toby, how are you feeling after that weekend of rugby? Uh, it's, I'm good. It was a big weekend. I'm very disappointed for the Rebels, but um, look, they didn't deserve to make the finals this year. This was their opportunity. They could lose a couple of players and... I don't know, it's just a bit of a sad state of affairs for Australian rugby, apart from the fact that the Brumbies are doing so well. So we've got to get behind them. Yeah, we'll get into all those games in just a second. Just We'll go through a little bit of the news that's coming out as well. Probably the biggest thing, and the thing that I think is probably one of the saddest announcements this week, it's Christian Leofano has announced that he will be signing overseas with Japan, and he's, he's leaving Australian rugby at the end of the year. Yeah, big announcement this one, and we wouldn't have been surprised if Christian had decided to stay on, just given his form and you know how well he's done in, since his recovery from cancer. He's really come back strong this year, particularly. But I think, look, the money was too great to refuse this time around, and so he's announced his retirement from Super Rugby, and let's hope that can kind of focus the Brumbies for this last finals run for him and really kind of send him off on a good note. Yeah, hopefully. Other news we had, obviously, the Australians in the under-20s World Championship. They've been playing, just finished playing overnight. They're in the semi-final versus Argentina, and they've gone through. 34-13, they've taken down Argentina, the host nation, to make it to the under-20s World Cup Grand Final. Well, that's massive, isn't it, given that New Zealand are out of this. you got South Africa and France, they're going to battle it out in the other game. But, look, this is a massive thing for Australian rugby given, you know, I think the best we finished ever in this competition previously has been seven. So we're in the final. We've got a we've got an opportunity here to really capitalise on that and it's great to see some young talent coming through. Yeah, we, we have finished fourth in the past, but it's been sort of ten years since we've managed to do anything close to that. It's been a lot more sixes and sevens. Other news, we had, we had the Major League Rugby champion crowned over the weekend. Seattle Seawolves, they get it back-to-back. They came back with a rolling mall late in that game to take down San Diego Legion, taking the win 26-23. So congratulations, Seattle Seawolves. And the Australian women's seven teams, uh, with their results in France over the weekend, have officially qualified for the Tokyo Olympics next year as well. So congrats to them, Australian men's. They still have a little bit to do, a little bit of qualifying they're going to have to go through to make sure they're they're representing at the Olympics. Um, I'm sure they'll make it through, but congratulations to the women. Looks like we're on a bit of a streak in the moment in terms of these results. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see teams performing all around the world regardless of the environment. They're just getting it done. So, Toby, let's get into it. Real talk, Australian rugby Look, we had three games starting off over the weekend. Three teams from the Australian Conference with the Waratahs, Rebels and the Haguaras. 
Three teams that all lost by 37 points or more. First the Tars going down to the Highlanders, 49-12. Then the Chiefs going down to the Rebels, 59-8. And then the Haguaros taking down the Sunwolves, 52-10. Let's, let's start with the Tars. 2019, a lot of disruption you could say for the Tars. Especially with Falao Sagas going on and off. But this is a team that they strengthened, especially in their back line. They brought people like Carmichael Hunt, Adam Ashley Cooper in. Their forwards continued to be a point of concern for everyone. Where do you think they... Do you think this is a good representation of what they should have done this season? I think it's just... It points to the fact that forwards are still lacking and they couldn't set a good base for quite a talented back line. Um... But, yeah, I think there's been a fair bit of mismanagement with this team throughout the year. We've seen players that for the Wallabies that weren't rested earlier in the season, so this last game was a bit of a write-off. So I think the coaching has been a little bit suspect as well. Um, look, there's no doubt that the Falau controversy has played on their minds a fair bit and, and probably influenced certain results. But these guys are professional athletes. They, they should be able to deal with this sort of um, distraction, I guess, off the field and be able to still produce on the field. Um, so I'm, I'm very disappointed in the way they've they've gone through this season. Um, it's clear they didn't deserve to be there at the end of the year in the finals. And, yeah, look, it's it's kind of sums up their season a little bit, the way they went out on the weekend against the Highlanders. And no one was really giving them a chance. And, and the, the result was pretty, pretty terrible overall. Um, so not a good way to finish the year. And as we keep pointing to, I think... There needs to be a lot of changes come next year. There's going to be a fair bit of turnover, I think. And um, look, Daryl Gibson is is still probably under threat. I know he has another year on his contract at least, but look, I, th- I think New South Wales rug- New South Wales rugby will need to look pretty hard at this at the moment and and see whether they want to keep persevering with him because he's not getting the results consistently. Yeah, well, his overall coaching record, I think, has him at a win percentage of just over 43%. So not not the best, not what Waratahs would be hoping for. But unfortunately, they've gone and let Simon Cron, the uh, the man that everyone thought was the man to replace, Daryl Gibson, uh, to sign overseas for Japan. So it may be that they want to get rid of him, but they don't have another really good option for this. Yeah, I'm just sure there's someone out there that could possibly do as good a job, if not better. It's I don't dislike Daryl Gibson. I think he's in the past had some good things that he's done, but we're just not seeing the bottom line season to season. We're not seeing much improvement. Um, we're, we're still questioning some of the selections he makes and some of the timing of selections and resting players. I just think he hasn't managed this season particularly well and um, yeah, I just I think there must be someone out there that can do a better job, um, particularly when, like we've talked about, there was a fair bit of talent around this team, and you know probably at the talent levels, but you can see Dan McKellar's really got this team, the Brumbies as a unit working well, and the Tars just never seemed to really have that. I guess that real gelling of the forwards and the backs, and that real integration of of their play. They don't really work to their strengths. They look a bit sloppy and I feel like they lack a bit of direction. Mm, probably seen most often with these um, seemingly sort of random kicks down the middle of the field that don't seem to 
really predispose them in, to put them in a good place for defence or regaining that ball to continue attack. The only play, the only man that has been sort of mentioned for this job was potentially Scott Wisemantle, who's actually Eddie Jones's attack consultant at the moment. Um, apparently, a friend with Scott Johnson and an old New South Wales boy himself, having played with uh, Eastwood and the Parramatta Eels. So he's one option that come through, but. Leaving coaching aside for the moment, what's one or two other things that the Waratahs need to focus on on this off-season? Again, I think, look, there's there's enough talent there, I think, throughout the back line with the stocks we've got. I just think we need to really focus on recruitment in the forwards and get the right guys in there. Some, some guys that can break the line, better ball carriers, a bit more size in that forward pack overall. I think this lighter mobile forward pack hasn't quite worked for us. Um, and you've seen the Brumbies, for example, again, I go back to them, but they have a, a much bigger forward pack with many more guys that can carry the ball more effectively. Um, so I think the Tars need to make that a focus. I do think we do have some key pieces there we can build around, but I do think it's going to be a, maybe a transition year or transition couple of years for this team um, and really building from the ground up. Um, maybe some young players coming in similar to the Reds and, yeah, it's, it might be uh, – uh, we might have to be a bit patient, I think, with this team. I'm not sure I can turn it around in one season. Mm, which is probably another reason why you'd say Daryl Gibson maybe needs to go because he's not going to be interested in building up for a year um, only to leave after that and leave any, any work he's doing to another coach. Let's move on to the Rebels, yeah. and they went down 59-8 to the uh, Chiefs down in Melbourne at home. This was the game that they needed to win to make the finals. They end up coming ninth overall, just missing out on those playoffs. And Quaid, is that is that Wallaby's chance gone now? Is that flitted off in the wind? From my perspective, yes, I think it's gone. He's he's blown quite a few opportunities here to really shine and um, take a firm hold of the Rebels' destiny and and you know take control of the team and really get those results he hasn't done that he's he's made some really questionable decisions in attack lately i've seen again quite a few missed tackles on his part kind of turnstile tackles that we didn't want to see so yeah i just think that this second half of the season he's his play just hasn't been up to standard we had really high hopes i think based on those first i don't know four or five games but as with the rebels overall i think Genier and Quaid, both their form has, has um, I guess, dipped. shifted a little bit mm. and dipped, yeah. And it makes me worry a little bit for the Wallabies and it makes me worry about the Rebels' fortunes for next season. Will Quaid and Genier actually stick around? Well, Dave Wessels came out and said and sort of described the whole team sort of showing as a bit soft, um, while Reese Hodge came out and just said there was just inconsistency. But I don't know what... Is this a problem with the coaching and motivation for these players? I mean, you'd argue they do have the talent just the same as the Waratahs. Should we... Everyone has been looking at Dave Wessels as a potential future Wallabies coach um, and being very sort of positive about him. But is he really giving us any cause to be that positive about him? Um, it might speak to adaptability, and he had a game, game plan at the start of the year, playing really flat, direct, um, making use of some of those big forwards in terms of setting the platform. But it really did 
leave not much room for error. And I think teams, you know, across the first five or six weeks worked the Rebels out and they haven't really been able to adapt into a, a different style or, um, you know, vary their game plan enough to be effective. Um, and that could speak to Vessels' coaching ability and maybe he's a little bit inexperienced as a coach still. I do think he has talent. I think he deserves more time. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely going to have questions because this team is stacked with good players and this was almost their, their perfect window to make the finals and mm. give this competition a real shake and they haven't done that. And that's almost two years in a row where they've started really strongly and then just plummeted and fallen out of finals consideration. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I think, look, I don't think it should all go on vessels. I think a lot of these big-name players haven't really performed in the latter half of the season, um, which is disappointing. But, yeah, I wouldn't be firing vessels as yet. It's just it's a worry overall for, for Melbourne as a franchise. We had... You know, them coming out and saying if we had a final series hosting, we wouldn't be able to afford to actually put it on. So there's some questions around the viability of the club financially. Um, there are still questions about key players like Quaid, Genia, will they resign? So this team could look very different next year. If it's going to be there in the long term, we don't know yet. But I think Vessels is worth persevering with for now. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that they need more time, but it is worrying with this financial sort of concern over the players that they're trying to sign and signing for multiple years, whether they're going to be able to manage that in the future. Look, let's go to probably two of the from those two negative sort of outlook teams to GIA Stadium, Saturday night. We had the Brumbies versus the Reds in what was a pretty thrilling game. 40 points to 27. The Brumbies take it. They solidify that top spot. They keep that momentum going into the finals, the only Australian team in the finals. But let's talk about the Reds to start with. A disappointment this year, or where we expected, or is there a little bit of glimmer of hope, a glimmer of uh, potential on, on what they could turn into in the next couple of years? I think there's plenty of hope there. I think the only real disappointment is that Samu Karevi is leaving, and that could leave a bit of a hole in that back line. You know, we're hopeful Jordan Patea will be back soon, maybe even for the Wallabies this year, but he's a real talent, a real star of the future. Um, Naivalu, I've heard some rumours that he might be heading overseas. So they may lose a couple of key players there in that back line particularly, but they've got a whole stack of young fours that they can build their game around. Maybe even a bit similar to, say, a Brumby's game plan where dominating up front, play it tight, use them all, and then unlock some of those. So you know, exciting backs that you have, but have a real focus around the forwards. Um, I do think they performed well. Um, let's not talk about the age of the players. I don't think that's particularly relevant at this point. They played together quite consistently over a couple of seasons now. But I think Brad Thorne's done a pretty good job with um, the people that he's had there. And they're still looking for a long-term playmaker there at 10. So I think that's something they've got to focus on. But there's some really good building blocks there and I have a lot of hope for them next season. Yeah, I think, and I think Matt McGann's doing a lot of good things at 10 uh, with the opportunities being given in the last couple of weeks. He hasn't been setting the world on fire, but a solid player with a good left boot, um, with a good sort of attacking stance in his game, always looking to 
throw the ball wide or do a few of those sneaky kicks behind. So I think that helps. And I I really just hope actually that they keep Bryce Hegarty around because I think losing someone like Simon Karevi, as you said, that's going to be quite big. And I think they would benefit from having someone like Bryce Hegarty hang around with the experience that he gives to the rest of that team. Yeah, and I look, I agree with you. I haven't been a huge fan of Hegarty throughout his career, but I think he's really stepped up well this this year at the Reds and really led them around. You know, he's only still, I think, mid-20s or early, you know, early, late-20s. He's not an old guy, but he, he's got a really calm head on his shoulders and he's been able to really motivate those young guys around him. I think it makes sense now why Spate has gone up to Queensland, given that Naivalo could go. So we've got still some exciting firepower out wide for the Reds. I think next year still... Um, if Hegarty goes, if he stays at 15, fine, keep McGarn at 10, you know, Tate McDermott's developing really, really well. And then again, we talk about the forward pack. There's plenty of, plenty mm. of good guys there. So I don't know what, there's probably a few key guys, your star players you could bring into that side, but overall, I think the building blocks are all there. Um, and yeah, I'd still give them probably a B or B plus for the season. Yeah, fair enough. And I think you're right. If you put Patea back in, Isaac Lucas has continued to impress when he has been on the field. He could potentially easily take that 15th um, jersey from Hegarty at some point in the season, but I uh, still think it's important to have him around. But I think you're right, a lot of potential there, and a lot of people are calling and saying that come two years from now, the Reds are going to be the dominant Australian team and probably stay that way for uh, a good sort of stretch, at least two or three years at the top there. Let's move to the Brumbies. And Dan McKellar, as a coach last year, we weren't too impressed with, but has really changed our minds this year. And they're headed into the finals. First game at home versus the Sharks this Saturday night. Uh, But they came out and showed exactly why they are on top. There was a really sort of nice, balanced performance, what we want to see with the forwards um, pushing through the Reds forwards, a big pack as well. But as well as that, slicing throughout wide, one of the best games, again, we've seen from Ray Simone. Uh, Tom Wright on the wing as well had a great game. Snatched an intercept try and really showed his pace as well, as well as the classic people, Tom Banks, Lollipano, TK, as always consistent. Yeah, Brumbies, look, I was a bit down on them at the start of the year. I thought maybe they'd struggle. Dan McKell's really turned it around for them. Last year, they, they really didn't know who they were as a team. They were a little bit torn between playing at tight and and trying to play the expansive brand of football. But this year, they've gone back to basics a little bit. They know who they are. They're still not afraid to throw it around, but they know when to do that. Um, so a very mature team. And, yeah, look, I, I really can't fault them across the board. Um, they, they're really coming together at the right time of the season as well. As we know, they've only lost, I think, one game at home this year. They've won, what, six in a row now? Mm-hmm. So they're hitting form at the perfect time. They look confident. They look happy. Yeah, there's just plenty of guys there shining through. And they've got depth onto their bench, you know, like guys getting rotated in and out, um, particularly in the forwards. Um, and they're doing their job. Um, so I think it's it's really important that we recognize how far they've come since last year. And this is kind of reminiscent of maybe those teams from 2013 or 2012 around that kind of period of time that made the finals back then. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it'd be really fitting to send Christian out on a good note. I think they can 
maybe even make the final here. Um, it's going to be tough. Even the, playing the Sharps at home, that's going to be a tough game. But, yeah, look, I've been really impressed with them. And Dan McKellar, look, I think it's clear to say that we were we were wrong about him. And it's amazing how quickly things can change, really. You know, at the start of the season, we're so up on vessels and down on McKellar, and now it's almost the other way around. So things can change very quickly within a season. And, yeah, um, yeah look, it's, it's good to see because we need – Rugby in Canberra to be strong. That's a very um, famous franchise, and it, it is great to see them doing well. Mm-hmm. So let's briefly run through these other games that we had over the weekend. I already mentioned the Haguaris versus Sunwolves, 52-10. Uh, the Hurricanes versus the Blues, they were down early and managed to come back, much to the despair of you, Toby, having tipped the Blues. This understrength Hurricanes team brought on some subs and won this one 29-24. And then in mm. South Africa, Stormers win. Uh, Stormers go down in after a 82nd minute try to the Sharks to get the Sharks into the playoffs 12-9, while the Bulls absolutely clinical against the Lions at home 48-27, knock the Lions out, uh, missing the finals, missing the Super Final uh, for the first time in three years. They won't get to go there and lose to a Kiwi team. I was a little bit worried here because. You know, if the I think the Lions started to come back at one point in that game. And I thought, are we going to see something dodgy here with the, the Lions getting a bit of a cheeky win so that both teams get into the finals? <laughs> um, but it was good to see the Bulls really put a nail in the coffin and pull away towards the end of that game. Um, so there was not, nothing suspect going on there. Um, but thought, like I said, I thought the Highlanders and Chiefs would make it in. I said the Sharks would get up. Yeah, um, and I thought the Bulls would win as well. So I was kind of on point with that, with my predictions there. No, you um, did well, mate. But it's um, yeah, I think almost the the right teams got in. Mm-hmm. I do think teams like the Lions, Rebels, yeah, I just don't think they deserve to be there. Really, I think the right teams made the playoffs, and I think we're going to see a really exciting final series. Well, let's go to that final series, and we start with this weekend, obviously the. Quarterfinals, we have the Crusaders at home hosting the Highlanders, the Kiwi Derby. The Haguaras at home facing the Chiefs, the Chiefs who went to Argentina and beat the Haguaras earlier this year. Uh, the Sharks down in Canberra versus the Brumbies. And the Hurricanes host the Bulls in Wellington. And there are going to be some very yeah. tough games here. What's what's your prediction after this first round here, mate? This is tough because I think each one of these matchups, except possibly the Crusaders Highlanders I think the Crusaders will get get that win but every other game is a little bit you know up in the air in terms of I think that each of those teams has a chance to to upset the other the Chiefs for example I think could go into South America and get the win they seem to be riding high and they're Um, the exact kind of team that can go on the road and play very well and play very expansive and put a huge amount of points on which is what you have to do to beat the Hats I just I think they're playing without too many expectations on their shoulders, and so the pressure isn't there. They're probably not expected to win this game. It's a tough road trip to make, but that's this is the time when the Chiefs shine, um, when they just have the pressure off. Um, they're willing to throw the ball around. They've got most of their guys healthy at the moment. Um, Jack Debrasini doing a good job at ten. Yeah, I think that was really important for him to go back to Melbourne and get that win down there. So I imagine he's got plenty of confidence at the moment. Leonard Brown, 
great form at the moment. Um, and just key having Sam Kane back. I think that's really turned their season around, him coming mm-hmm. back and playing well. Um, but, yeah, in terms of predictions, Arch, I'm going to take the Crusaders. Um, I think I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'll probably go with the, the Jags. I can't go past the Brumbies at home. I think that they'll be slightly too strong with the Sharks, given the Sharks have just narrowly got past the Stormers and they've got to make that big road trip over to Canberra. It's not an easy place to get to from South Africa. Um, And look, the dark horse of the competition at the moment, I think the Hurricanes uh, should get the win against a a pretty feisty bull side at times. But yeah, I think the Hurricanes, having rested some of those guys last week, will be fresh and fired up to... um, really get into you know the business end of the season mm, i think you're right it's going to be very tough um just to mention that the shark team that's coming over now this squad will include Cohen bosch who missed that last that game versus stormers on the weekend which i think is a big plus for the sharks team but i think you're right i think the brumbies probably will get the win down there in canberra i'm actually probably more worried about the this bulls team we've seen that they've come into really? new zealand and they've managed to play pretty well and eke out these draws I don't think it's that much of a push to say that they could go into Wellington and really push the Hurricanes and if look they're, they're rested I'm not, I've seen so many times when teams are rested teams coming off a bye and it doesn't help them they're not playing yeah. well at least for the first half of the game it takes them a bit of time to get back into it the Bulls might get the jump on this Hurricanes team that's a fair point um I'm less worried about that game. I think, for me, probably the the biggest chance of an upset, I think, still would be the Chiefs. Okay. I think the Jags will be pretty confident, but they may underrate the Chiefs a little bit. Um, and because of the rotation in that Jags team, I know they've done pretty well with that, but what is their best team down there? It's hard to know sometimes. Um, mm. Whereas the Chiefs kind of have... Limited depth, they have to play their best guys. They don't have a whole lot of options, so um, they'll be putting their best team out, um, no doubt. And um, look, I think the Chiefs could get an upset. I'm not prepared to pick them, so I'm taking all the home teams, Mm. um, which I think we've talked about. We think it'll probably be, what, Crusaders versus Hurricanes and Brumbies versus Jags. Yeah, likely. Likely semi-final round of that. Mm. Which is again great matchups, but like you say, I think there's definitely at least a couple of the games here that could produce some interesting results and and not what we expect. Mm. Yeah, okay, let's table that for a second. We're just going to go through these teams that are knocked out, and I want you to give me a grade. You've already said the Reds probably get still a B B plus for their performance, so we'll start from the bottom up. Sunwolves. This is a tough one because I feel for the Sunwolves. Um, I wish that they actually had this full season without the thought of knowing that they'd be out of the competition within a year. Um, But, you know what, I'm going to have to give them a C-. minus. I think they performed well at times, but not well enough. And probably due to rotation, they've never really had a settled team. And they'd have have to, you know, they've overcome a lot of adversity, but they're not quite up to the standard of Super Rugby at the moment. Mm. One thing I will say is, there's all the talk about how this team isn't sort of fostering Japanese players, but there have been a lot of Japanese players kept out of this team by Jamie Joseph this year. And keep 
keep watching for the Japanese team come the World Cup because I think they're going to surprise a few people. They did last time versus the South Africans. They surprised them, but they didn't make it through to the second round, to the quarters. But, yeah, keep watching them this year. All right, that's the Sunwolves. Blues finishes with five wins, 30 points Uh, overall. Again, I think... We looked at this squad at the start of the year. We, we were expecting bigger things from them. Mm. I'm still, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what to think a little bit. I think they've got the right coach there, Liam McDonald. Um, but now you're losing Sonny Bill, possibly Marnon, and we're not sure about that yet. Um, but then they talk about bringing Bowden Barrett. So next year might be a completely different story. I think this year, look, probably a C-plus from me. I think they've been... There's there's that hope there. There's definitely hope there. Um, but it's almost a bit of the same story. I think they've been so up and down. They've won some games that we thought they wouldn't win mm. and they've lost games that they probably should have won. So it's a um, bit of a mixed bag for them. Um, bigger things to come, I think, as we keep saying. But I actually do believe at this time, I think that they've turned a little bit of a corner, um, but not quite good enough to give them a B. Next in 12th position, we have the Tars. We've talked about them. Six wins, 30 points overall. Sim- same points as the Blues, but one more win. Yeah, mate. N- not good. D? Um, D plus? Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going for a D. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, look, pretty terrible. Um, I just have to put the Falau controversy to one side. I can't allow that to dictate and make excuses for the, yeah, the fact that Tars haven't performed. You can't performed. excuse the entire 2019 season based off that well if you nick fibs you actually can do that um rightly or wrongly he's come out and pretty much said look um or insinuated that we would have been playing finals if this whole flower thing hadn't gone down but i don't think they actually would have made it even if flower was paying the start of um, the year they still weren't converting those chances into proper wins that they needed to do you saw it from the first yeah. weekend versus the hurricanes at manly where they go down by one point bernard foley misses the penalty goal at the end of the game that's pretty much the tale of the season. They get close, yeah, they miss exactly. out at the end. And again, we keep talking about it. it's probably the it's probably the forwards. So hopefully they can actually get the message and mm. and make those necessary changes because there's no point dwelling on this anymore. This this season is is now gone, and I'm just hoping they can refresh and and really take a good look at this squad and and tweak a little bit because. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to keep seeing that that same story with the Tars. And I guess similar to the Blues, they're not performing, but they should be. And similar to this next team in 11th, Melbourne Rebels didn't actually come 9th. 11th in the, on the table, 7 wins, 34 points overall. Is this another D? I think it's a C-. minus. Um, not great because of the, the talent pool they have. But we saw a lot of good football from this them this year as well. So it's not a complete write-off. Um, my only worry is that, like I've said, getting here and Cooper could be gone next year. Mm-hmm. They might take money elsewhere. And then where does that leave you? You're down two playmakers. You have a whole raft of outside backs, perhaps, and back rowers. Um, front row is still a little bit in question. Uh, look, I, I'm a bit worried about their future. Um, I'm particularly worried because I think this was such a great opportunity for them and they just didn't capitalise on it. Mm. So it's a bit sad for me overall. 
but not 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 enough. I think the Tars were more disappointing, so I'm going to give them a C minus. Tenth spot Stormers, sixteen played, seven wins, thirty five points overall. Probably a little bit of improvement after a week one disaster for the Stormers. Everyone had written them off, and then they were there still at the end. Yeah, strange season for the Stormers. We found them so hard to read, and, and maybe our South African fans out there would have a better read on this team and maybe know a little bit more about some of the, the players that are less high profile. But I give it a B minus. I think that they somewhat exceeded expectations at times, and other times they just kind of were a bit of a nothing team and they weren't really performing at all. Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard to make hard to make out exactly what they should be. You know, we do know some of the key names in there. You got Khaleesi, you got Deliende, um, but I think they're still a team in transition. Possibly they could put, you know, go to the next level next year. Mm. But it's a similar tale with these South African teams. They've been all pretty close this year and all a bit up and down. So, uh, yeah, Stormers just didn't, couldn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Ninth place Lions, eight wins overall. Uh, so managed to miss the finals despite having more wins than three of the other teams in the playoffs, uh, but only 35 points for this one. So winning games, obviously not getting bonus points or losing by too much the Lions, a team on the decline? Yeah, definitely. I think it is It's team on the decline and no doubt they had some, some injuries this year that didn't help them much, um, but they're they're definitely... They're definitely a shadow of their former selves. Um, I'd give them a C. I would expect them probably to take another step backwards next year. They might need to actually go into rebuilding mode before they can kind of get back up to where they were before. Um, not sure Elton Yanchis is the, the long-term number 10 anymore there. Um, and their forwards, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose some more of their forwards up to the Northern Hemisphere. So it's um it's a bit sad for them having made three finals and they come away with no silverware mm. and now this year out of the finals. So it might be a bit of a drought for them going forward, um, given this, especially those other South African teams have become a little bit stronger. Well, that's all the teams knocked out of this year's Super Rugby so far. Uh, we were going to talk a bit more about the Waratah squad and our prediction for the squad for the Rugby Championship, let alone the World Cup, but... We might hold off that one week, Toby, until Leo's back. Give us a bit more further opinion. I know he has some strong opinions on who he thinks should be in that uh, Wallabies team and what that Wallabies team 23 should make up. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's changed a lot since even mid-season because of the performances of some of these Rebels players. Yeah. We had varying opinions. Um, obviously, the Brumbies have come good, but... A lot of those guys we had in there before, I think, though, the Rebels will feature less prominently, um, or even some of the Tars guys as well. But um, there's still some big question marks over the makeup of the Wallabies lineup, at least one of the wing positions. Even fullback at the moment is a little bit murky. Um, and fly half, I think, even some of the, the makeup of the back row there, exactly which combination you go for. But I think. We're kind of in agreement that that type five is probably set at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see actually what they come up with because 
form could dictate these selections a little bit. Guys like Tom Banks could come into to real focus now that guys like DHP and Kirtley Bill haven't been performing that strongly of late. Mm. So there might be a real opportunity for, for someone like that to to get a, a start for the Wallabies come the first game of the Rugby Championship. Yeah, and it's not long away, but first we've got to get through Super Rugby Finals and then we get to worry about the Wallabies a little bit more. But we'll leave it there for this week. As always, thank you for tuning in to the Running Rugby Podcast. Remember to like us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Running Rugby Podcast or on Twitter at Running Rugby Pod. Download us on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean. We always appreciate uh, every time you download, every time you subscribe. Uh, we love bringing you guys the latest news and our opinions in Super Rugby. Toby, take us out. Uh, so I think everyone should be like you. If you're in Sydney, make the trip down the Hume, get down to Canberra, support the Brumbies. They want a big home crowd. You know, this could be Christian's last game at home. Um, it's going to be an entertaining spectacle. And, yeah, I just think we, we want a full GIO stadium down there to, um, to really get behind them and hopefully they can get the win so they can move forward in this finals. Thanks, mate. Yeah, let's get down there, support Christian, support the Brumbies. Loved that Pacifica jersey last uh, weekend. Love the boys getting out and having a good one. Like them, we will keep on running. <laughs>